Hey, Glassers. The most exciting time of the year for us is almost coming to an end. It is the last week of the 2020 Maximum Fun Drive. This is it. This is all you get. You have one more week to join our upgrade to become a member of Maximum Fun and help out your pals at Reading Glasses. Yes. And not only will you be helping us out, supporting us, helping us make the show every week, helping us pay our bills, but you'll also be getting gifts. Very amazing amazing gifts. You want the pen that says library user? You can only get it right now. If you want to join our Slack channel, you can only do that right now. If you want all the bonus content, you can only get that right now. Mallory, why don't we tell them what we've done so far for the Maximum Fun Drive? Because we've reached a lot of really cool goals. Yes. So in addition to all the fun stuff that you get through Maximum Fun, we've also done a lot of really amazing and fun events through just for reading glasses. We have released a video bookshelf tour of me and Bria's home libraries. We've done a bunch of live events. We've done a live stream. I have had to read the first chapter of the Bible. You Mary, can watch how was that. it? Did you enjoy it? <sighs> enjoy is maybe not the right word but if you are interested in seeing uh what happened you can check it out on our the live tab of our instagram and folks have also unlocked the the level where i have to read the entire bible and we are going to do a whole episode on it very exciting thank you so much for getting us there i know everyone was really excited about that about that um we also unlocked the slack channel which i know people were really excited about do you want to talk about that Yes. So Slack channel is an app slash program that's sort of like a a message board, but it's a private community. It's going to be just for reading glasses, maximum fund members where you can talk about new releases and books you're excited about and snacks and book events and all kinds of book things. But you can do it with me and Bria. Me and Bria will be on the Slack channel. We're really excited about this like special little community. But the only way that you can access it is by being a Maximum Fund member. Yeah. And Mallory, you want to tell them what we have coming up this week? Because so it's the last week of the fun drive. We have a bunch of fun stuff planned. Yes. So tomorrow, the live isolation book club uh, of Samantha Schweblin's short story, Mouthful of Birds, also called Birds in the Mouth, depending on which translation you're reading. Um, Samantha Schweblin is someone Mallory and I both really like. So join us. You don't have to do anything. You can just read it and join us. Um, That's tomorrow, uh, Friday. So if you want to get in on all of this, all of the gifts, all of the rewards, all of the events, the secret members only Slack channel, and helping us make the show and pay our bills. You can go to MaximumFun.org slash join right now. It's the last week of the drive. We have been absolutely bowled over by all of the support. We are so, so grateful for all the people who have signed up up to help us, who have signed up to support us. It is the reason why we're able to continue making the show every week in quarantine. It means the absolute world to us. So that's MaximumFun.org slash join. Glasses. You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm filmmaker and e-reader, Bria Grant. I said that differently this time for some reason. What did I do different? I don't know, but okay. it sounds good. It's a, you're, you and I'm Brian Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, we're breaking down how authors get paid. I know y'all are curious about this, but first. What are you reading, Bria? I am reading a book that I think you have already read or were about to read called Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. I bought it. I pre-ordered it, but I haven't started it yet. Wow. How is it? You're going to love it. Uh, oh, I'm so excited. So, so, so it's rare. Mallory, I'm sure you're like me, where a lot of people go, you do a book podcast. 
here's a book. Have you read this book? And I'm always like, no, I've read it or I have read it, whatever. But it's rare when like multiple people at the same time ask about a specific book. And this book, several people are like, hey, I'm reading Mexican Gothic. Have you read it? You would love it. And I don't know what it would, it's just like very, it is very popular right now. I don't know. Or maybe all my friends just think it's a book I'd really like. And you know what? It hit the New York Times bestseller list. Ah, well, they are right. I do really like it. I am only about a fourth of the way through maybe so far. Um, But basically it is about... Um, it's set in like 1950s Mexico, uh, and it's a gothic horror-esque novel. It has some horror, horrific stuff so far, but nothing um, terribly horrific. Um, but it is about like this very glamorous socialite lady, and she gets this letter from her cousin who's living in this, what you find out is this terrifying, horrifying gothic house in the middle of nowhere and the letter is really weird and reads strange and it's um at the end she's like basically my husband is trying to poison me or something is happening to me that's horrible please come and it reads like really erratic which is not like her cousin at all so the socialite um character who's our main character um goes to this house and it is freaking weird like the place is <laughs> so strange um you know like she gets there and like one of the rules is they're like you can't you can't talk during a meal and she's really she's one of these main characters that i think people will really really love who listen to this podcast because she's very plucky she's very like i don't listen to the rules but and she's but she's also like super charming at the same time and she's kind of like solving this mystery on her own it's fantastic so far. I really, really like it. It's also like a great, if you're looking to read more diversely, which I know people always are, great main protagonist who is a non-white protagonist. Um, and uh, Sylvia Marina Garcia is um, a Latinx author. It's it's fantastic. Um, it's like just this wonderful gothic fantasy and I cannot wait to keep reading it. I want to go back and read it right now. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm so excited. Uh, so I am listening to the audiobook of a nonfiction book of a memoir uh, called Being Human. Uh, it is the memoir of Judith Human, who is a very one of the one of America's like most prominent disability rights activists. Mm. And it's co-written with this woman, Kristen Joyner. And it's Judy's story of growing up in this like in the 60s. Uh, in in New York City, um, she is a wheelchair user and um, she like grew up to be a disability rights activist. And like from when she like first got out of college and the like the state of New York wouldn't allow her to be a teacher, even though she was qualified because she uses a wheelchair and they were like, well, if something, if there was a fire, you wouldn't be able to get out of the building. And she's like, that's actually a whole bunch of bullshit. Uh, so she went and like won this big case against the Board of Education of New York and like went on to continue being an uh, incredible disability rights activist. But it is, the book is so good. The audio book is really good. It's not super long. So it's like a really good, um, really good read if you're like looking to get into a good memoir, a good audio book. Uh, and it's just wonderful. There's a, a very popular documentary on netflix right now called crip camp and uh, she's in it yeah oh i was about to ask that because i just That's watched her. it i just watched yeah. it um it's so good that changed if you have not seen i know this is a book podcast but crip camp is so amazing and um it's weird that i i think there's part of me because you know we were born after that when all a lot of these um when like the ada and stuff were passed but um it's just crazy how recent it is and like, yes, that's the it's, part it's that I, in camp, I was like, whoa, like I was alive during a lot of that. Like, I mean, this is like, it, it's mm-hmm. just like crazy how recent a lot of this stuff got passed. 
Yes. So the documentary, if you've seen that documentary and you were like, oh my God, Judy is a fucking hero and I adore her and I want to know more about her, read her memoir. It just came out. So it's called Being Human and it, it's just absolutely wonderful. I think it's super, super important for able-bodied people to read stuff like this and, and think about it because so many of the problems that come from being disabled in America aren't being disabled. It's dealing with the world that doesn't think about you. And yeah. I think that if more people read books like this and think about it and, and start to look at the world a different way, uh, things will... Uh, you know that that's how change starts uh, and it's it's just it's just such a good book it's so wonderful uh, so that's Being Human uh, by Judith Human and Kristen Joyner and mine is Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We have a very hot book tip from Daniel. Wow, wow, wow. Hot book tip. Yeah, hot book tips in the morning with Bria Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Daniel says, I have a hold coming available soon in the Libby app and notice that you can read uh, ebook or play audiobook a sample before the hold is available. This is especially useful because I can read at least the first few chapters before the hold is, avail- hold is available and get a head start in the book oh. I may have. Uh, I may have had a problem finishing in the normal checkout period. Uh, Once you open the sample, you can check out the available sections by clicking on the chapters button at the bottom. This is also great because I know that there's a lot of people, one one of the big things that makes people stop reading an audiobook is because they don't like the narrator. Oh. If you have a book on hold and you could test it out ahead of time and you realize, oh shit, I don't like this narrator, you can get, you can cancel your hold, let the book go to somebody else and use up your hold for another book. Yeah. Wow. Very hot book tip. Very good book tip. Thank you so much, Daniel. <gasps> oh my God. I'm so excited for this. Okay. This, this, we got I, the gr- okay, so. greatest listener email. <laughs> We got the greatest listener email. We got it and I immediately sent it to Sean and Bria. And the three of us freaked out about it. And the best part is, Bria, who is this email from? Oh, it's not just from a regular Sarah, a regular Sarah listener. It's from a Dr. Sarah. Dr. Sarah. She she has upped the Sarah game. The Sarah game, the gauntlet has been thrown with the Sarahs. And now (laughs) there is a Dr. Sarah. Amazing. But Sarah is a special kind of doctor. Yes. So Dr. Sarah writes, when I listened to your headlamp review a while back that said it was too bright for reading, I thought this product might be perfect for me. I am an equine veterinarian and I use the headlamp for a variety of tasks, but particularly for working on horse teeth. Uh, Mallory's lost it. We've lost Mallory. She's never coming back. (laughs) It's just like the most, I can't think of a more reading glasses situation than horse Dr. Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at horse teeth. Uh, I just, horse Dr. Sarah using a book light to work on horse teeth is like, (laughs) somehow, if you were a longtime listener of the show, you must know that this is somehow the most reading glasses situation (laughs) ever. Uh, so she writes, um, my current headlamp seemed too dim soon after changing the, ba- seemed, seemed to get dimmed soon after changing the batteries. So I ordered the brand you reviewed. It has worked great, not only for dental procedures, but I also used it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Sarah, we're not laughing at you. This is the most amazing email we've ever gotten. Sarah, you're an American hero. And just the fact that somehow us reviewing book lights has turned into this is truly the most incredible thing that's ever happened to us. Okay. Me and Bria are both crying with laughter right now. <laughs> it's not only great for dental procedures, but I also used it to pass a 
pass a stomach tube in a sick horse in a field with no lighting at 2 a.m. this week, which sounds so stressful, but is also just very funny. Uh, she's all better now. She let us know about the horse. Uh, thanks for the recommendation. This headlamp may be not great for reading, but you can add it to equine veterinary medicine to spelunking as possible uses for it. Thank you for the podcast. It has helped me get through the stress of in the last few months as an essential worker. Dr. Sarah, you're an American hero. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for everything that you do. Um, I cannot, I, this is it. This is now this email has thrown the gauntlet. This is the all like reading glasses <laughs> hall of fame greatest emails we've ever gotten. Yeah. Yeah. It is just so good. Too good. Bria, did you ever think I think that's what Sean asked us. He was like, Did you folks ever think that your um life choices would have led to this moment of <laughs> you re- reviewing book lights and them being held, being used to save a horse's life in a, a, in a dark field in the middle of the night? It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you so much for this. This is the perfect email. Incredible. Absolutely amazing. Uh, so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we break down how authors get paid, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, Glassers. While we're on the subject of money, we're here to talk to you about the Maximum Fund Drive, the way we make money. <laughs> the way we are able to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you like us eating? Do you like us talking? Do you like us breathing? (laughs) Here's a way you can support all of those things. (laughs) So me and Bria work really hard to put out this podcast every single week. So... Because it's a weekly show, especially, uh, there's a lot of work behind the scenes, constantly writing, recording, uh, editing, mixing, promoting, planning, scheduling, finding guests, even though we're not doing that as much because we're in the quarantine. Uh, it really, it's it's our job. Reading glasses is our job. <laughs> it is our job. And you can support our jobs for as little as $5 a month. That money goes partially to us. It goes partially to run Maximum Fund. So you can get this amazing podcast. It's basically the best thing you can do to support us. It is faster and easier than writing a review because you don't don't have to write or do anything. Mm-hmm. You just go to maximumfund.org slash join and uh, you can you will you will be a member for as little as five dollars a month. That is like less than you're spending on that late night rice cooker, which is what someone wrote to us. They were like, if we if I can buy a rice cooker on a on <laughs> randomly in the middle of the night, I can give maximum fund five dollars a month. Yes, and this is the last week of the drive. So if you have been hearing about all this stuff, stuff going on and you want to get in on it, now is the time right now. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join because now is the time when you can help me and Bria make the show, but also you get a bunch of stuff from it. You oh, can yeah, get you bonus content. You can get hours of, of, behind, of bonus reading glasses. You can get access to the Slack channel that we have. You can get the Maximum Fun gifts, like the pins. The adorable There's pin. So much, we love this so pin. So adorable Ugh, pin. It says library user on it. We designed it ourselves. We're so excited. And you can only get it right now if you join at the $10 level. So if you love the show, if we have helped you get through this ridiculous pandemic that has uh, that has consumed this country and consumed our lives, if you have always wanted to give back to us, to help support us, to to show how much the show means to you, this is it. This is the best way to do it. Now is the time. So, Mallory, I think we should tell them about our stretch goals because y'all have really done an amazing job. We have reached a lot of our goals. We have um, uh, Mallory is going to read the Bible. And we're going to do a drunken erotica night where Mallory and I are going to drink and 
talk about an erotica book that we read, and um, that will be really it's fun. It's going to be pretty wild. Um, so, Mallory, talk about our stretch goals. So, because folks have been so overwhelmingly amazing and really gone out of their way and helped us during this drive, we have blown through all of the goals that we set, and now we have been, uh, now we're able to reveal the stretch goals that Bria and I have come up with. We each we each designed one. We're really, really excited about them. They're things that folks have asked for a lot, and uh, the first one is if we can get to 650 Maximum Fun new or upgrading members. That's right. If you're already a member of Maximum Fun, you can upgrade your membership and it will count towards this. Yeah. So if we get to 650 people who want to help us make the show every month, we are going to do a special bonus writing advice episode, an extra long episode where folks can uh, write into us Ask for, ask for writing advice and me and Bria who are both screenwriters I'm a nonfiction author Bria is also a comic writer we have a pretty am- good amount of writing experience we got a <laughs> lot of folks who, who wanted a lot of writing advice during National Novel Writing Month last year we will answer your writing questions we will open up our writing processes to you we will t- give you advice we will help you write your stuff yeah so our next our other stretch goal which we're really excited about is if we reach 750 new or upgrading sub- subscribers to Maximum Fun we are going to have a movie slash book club. We're going to do a club where every, we're going to try to do four a year. So like once a quarter. The idea is we choose a movie, we choose a book, and we do a really a fun deep dive where we all read the book together and then we all watch the movie together and then we'll do a live stream and we'll talk about it all together, which we really will think will, fun, will be fun. We can go back and do some older movies. We can do some new movies that are coming out this year, which will be super exciting. We would, like the good example would be, we could have done Normal People. You know, that would have been a really fun one. We know John, Sean loved that, although I know, I know she, it's a TV she, show. but Sean loved that book. But yeah, any of these books that come out, um, How to Build a Girl, that would have been a good one. So books, things that are coming oh, out. I love that movie. We can still do that one. And we'll let y'all vote. We'll talk about it and figure out what will be the best way to do it. But we're really excited about that. That's only at the 750 level. So if we get that number of people, we will launch that book and movie club, which we really want to do. We lo- We came up with this idea and we were like, this will be so much fun. Yes, we are super excited. So but again, this is the last week of the drive. If you want to contribute to all this stuff happening, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. We are completely overwhelmed with gratitude over all the folks that have already signed up to help us make the show and help support us. It really means the world to us. So that's MaximumFun.org slash join. This week, we're breaking down how authors get paid. We, we get a lot of listener questions about what's the best format or place to buy a book to support an author. And we know there's a lot of confusion around the subject. So we're going to talk about how, when, and how much authors get paid for their books. How much does an author really get whenever you buy a book? Yeah. So first of all, this is an episode about how traditionally authors get paid indie or self-published authors, um, they have a different payment format. We're not going to get into that because that's going to, that could be a whole episode unto itself. Yes. Uh, And also we want to just say, 
Every publishing contract is slightly different. There's a lot of different variables. We're going to be talking about a lot of them today, but you know, everything we're talking about is sort of a general range of percentages and numbers. Every single book release is different. Every single contract is different. Every single contract might have different dates or, or, or ranges or percentages, but this is just like a general look at things. So there was a recent movement on Twitter, actually started by past guest of the show, L.L. McKinney, yeah. who is an incredible author, that whose books that we adore, um, for authors to share their advances. And it showed how many authors of color usually get much lower advances than white authors. And that's why it's super important to support authors of color and black authors and show publishers that they should spend the money on them. Yeah. So we're going to talk a bit about advances in a second, but I learned a lot from the publishing paid me uh, moment. Um, that, and, and there's actually, if you're looking at if the hashtag is hashtag publishing pay me. If you're, if you look it up, you can actually find a full on spreadsheet sheet where someone documented who got paid what, what the name of the book was if they released it, um, what their race was and everything. And that was really interesting to show that pay disparity. Just to throw out some numbers, because I I think not only did I realize the pay disparity personally, but also um, something that really dawned on me was how little authors get paid, period, the end of sentence. Um, I like that was very shocking to me. Um, For example, Roxane Gay got a $15,000 advance for Bad Feminist. That is not much money. N.K. Jemison, we talk about her all the time on the show, got a $25,000 advance for Bro- the Broken Earth trilogy, uh, each one of those books. That is so little for how amazing those books did. Compare that um, to a white woman said she got a 100K advance after having an article vo- go viral, or a white man who said he got an 800K advance for his debut mo- novel, which the novel I had never even heard of. I'm not going to call them out, but I didn't, I didn't know. But I think what's interesting about this to me and the reason I kept telling Mallory, I felt like we needed to do this episode is that I think of these certain authors as very famous to me. There's authors I think of as very famous. I know this happens, you know, when, when you are maybe a filmmaker or something where you're like that person, I know who they are. So they must be very rich, you know? And so I think I have (laughs) this very weird idea that these authors who I read all the time may not have day jobs, but I'm like, no, these people, if you only get paid very little, which we're about to get into, this cannot be your full-time job. You must have a, di- a full-time job in addition to this, and then you're writing around that full-time job, which is very, very impressive to me. And um, also, you know, making taking that step back to make sure that we need to step up these initial payouts for brilliant black um, and uh, people of color authors, um, authors of color. Because I think that the fact that they are, it's just, it just raises the bar so much higher if you're going to have to work a job in addition to getting these low um, uh, advances. Anyway, but let's talk about the advances. Talk about the advance, Mallory. So, well, and I also want to say, like I said, we said at the uh, earlier in the, in this segment, you know, this, this is all general. And a lot of what we are writing, talking about in this episode today is based on me. I am a full-time author. That is what I do for a living. Um, so a lot, I took a lot of these numbers from my, I, d- I did a lot of research too, but I, I took some numbers from my personal book contracts. Um, I am a full-time author. Uh, part of the reason why I can do that is because of, we get paid for making reading glasses right. and that it makes up a part of my income. I wouldn't be able to do it without full-time that. Full-time author, part-time podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, like, so I went full time. I didn't go full time until after Lady from the Black Lagoon had already been out for a long time. And I, the reason why I went full time wasn't because I was making so much money off of writing. It was because some changes were made in the job, my, the film company that I used to, that I used to work for. And I decided like, okay, I'm do- making enough from both reading glasses and, um, in my writing that I can do this. Um, 
So this is this is a I'm going to be talking about I'm going to be talking about a lot of numbers and personal stuff in this episode. Um, but so we're talking about a lot of advances, and folks might not understand what that is. So what happens is okay, you get your book deal, and you get an advance. Uh, usually it'll be split up. Um, you might get like half on signing and then half of what, when you finish, or you might get part of it when you sign part of it, when you finish the, you know, the rough draft and then part of it when it comes out. And there's a few different ways to split up that advance, but what an advance is, and it is literally an advance. It is not a bunch of free money. That money comes out of an author's potential book sales. So they are advancing you. Like when we're talking about Roxane Gay getting 15 grand for Bad Feminist, they advanced her $15,000 out of the sales of Bad Feminist. They didn't just like give her that money. Um, and also an advance is something that you have to split with. If you have a literary agent, like I do, you have to give part of like either like 10%, 15%, depending on your relationship with your agent, part of it goes to them as well. Right. So you get this advance and then the author has to earn out, right? That means you sold enough books to make up that advance. So if it's 15K, you have to make that amount and then you're caught up. And then after that, you start making royalties. So you get that, you make that 15K off of your book, and then you will start making royalties after that. Um, and that's dependent yes. on something called a return reserve. You want to talk about that? Yes. Yeah, so this is, we're getting, this episode is like super in the weeds publishing stuff here. Uh, but so what a return reserve is, so your publisher can hold a certain amount of books in a return reserve. And that means even if you've already earned out, your publisher can wait to pay you uh, that money in case a bunch of people re- decide to return your books. Mm-hmm. So let's say, let's keep using Roxanne Gay as an example. Roxanne Gay, like I have no idea this happened. This is all imaginary. Roxanne Gay made $15,000 worth of sales for Bad Feminist. So after she like was like, great, I can start every book that's sold after this, I get paid for it. But the publisher can be like, well, what if a thousand people return those books what that they bought? What if a We're bunch of misogynists got confused and bought it and said, uh, is <laughs> What this, if they were like, no, I, I want to read feminists. a book about- <laughs> I think feminists are bad. I have I have made a terrible mistake and purchased the wrong book. They can hold that money um, for you know months and months and months and um, and keep it so you know you have to you have to wait to get paid those royalties. So in general, authors make about once this book the book is out there make about ten to twenty five percent of the hardcover price of a book. Um, it can change, uh, like the author might get 10, 10% of the first few thousand, 15% after that, or something like that. Um, it's lower for trade paperbacks, around 5 to 10%. And for ebooks, it's about 15 to 30%. Uh, audiobooks, 10 to 25%. So it's a pretty big range, obviously, um, but that's all dependent on your contract. Yeah, it all depends on your contract, depends on your publisher, depends, like, it's very, very, it, it, it's very varied, but this is just, like, general. So, for for example, again, the best way to do this episode is just, like, because I, this is what I have personal experience with. Uh, I get now in this stage of publication, because again, like the first, the way we had my contract set up, it's like the first, it was like the first chunk of books that sold, I got a certain amount of, but now um, we're, now that I've sold a certain amount of books, I get about $4 every time somebody buys a hardcover copy of The Lady from the Black Lagoon. Uh, And my agent, Brady McReynolds, uh, who I adore, gets a part of that. He earns every goddamn penny of it. I really, really, I really like having my agent and I'm happy to give him that money. So yeah, I get about $4 every time someone buys a hardcover copy. I get a little bit less when somebody um, buys a trade paperback and you know, it's different for audiobooks and, and eBooks. Um, 
And that's like we said in we, our a recent episode about buying used books. That's if someone buys a new copy. If you go to Salvation Army and buy a, a used copy of Lady from the Black Lagoon, I don't get any money from that. So this is always buying a new copy. And then, so when you've earned out and you start getting royalties, um, authors generally get royalty checks quarterly. Uh, but as you can see, it could take a really long time for that money to get to them. That's why a lot of authors like to get that big advance uh, instead of waiting, you know, maybe a year or two years for royalties. Uh, and the more success, generally, the more successful and well-known you are, the bigger your advance is. Unless like you might be an unknown, but a bunch of publishers might think that your book is going to do really well and they they all bid on it and it, an auction happens and then you get a really big advance. Um, but that's sort of like how it breaks down. Right. And or like right now I get, a, I get a royalty check quarterly. Yeah. Or as we've discovered that, uh, you know, sometimes, well, now the publishing industry has been kind of called out because people are getting big advances uh, or le- less big advances basically because they are black and people don't think they're going to read their books, uh, which we have proven time and time again, these books do sell. Um, <clears throat> it's also relevant to note, and there's a great article about this, that um, the more, like Mallory said, the more that they think your book will sell, the bigger the advance, but also the more money they'll put into publicity, your comp- that they'll put into publicity for your book, um, which totally makes sense. You spent a lot of money on this book. You want people to buy it. You're going to buy a lot of ads. You're going to do a lot of publicity. You're going to really push this book. But for those who are putting out smaller books or people who didn't get a big advance, um, it means that you're going to end up in this sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy. So this is why we talk a lot about like authors that maybe other people haven't heard of. We talk a lot about uh, small small publishing companies that can't afford publicity. Um, because if you aren't given a big advance, you're less likely to have a lot of publicity money put towards your book, which means that you're no one's going to hear about your book. So that's why it's great to go find these authors who maybe only didn't get that much money up front but need to sell more on the back end because they don't have this huge publicity machine behind them. And that's also why pre-orders are super important, especially for lesser known authors. That's why like, you know, I remember last year I really wanted to read City of Girls, uh, but it was during the pre-order came out by Elizabeth Gilbert. Pre-order came out during a time when I didn't have a lot of money. And so I focused on my pre-order. I was like, I'll I'll get City of Girls from the library because I'll focus my pre-orders on authors that need a little bit more help, you know, um, because if, if an author gets a bunch of pre-orders that set, literally says to the publisher, hey, wow, a lot of people want to read this book. I should, we, sh- we should put more money into into marketing it, mm-hmm. you know, because it seems like there's a lot of people who, who want it. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's, that's like, I know we talk about it all the time, but this is like the sort of in the weeds publishing stuff that make, that, you know, shows why ordering a book ahead of time before it comes out is really, really important for an author, especially for marginalized authors mm-hmm. who are already at a disadvantage because they're in general not getting as big advances. They're not getting as big of a publicity budget. Um, it's so, it's so, so great. So example, here's some numbers. Uh, I got $20,000 as my advance for the lady from the Black Lagoon. Um, I had to part, my agent got part of that and we split it. So I got about, I got uh, 8,500, uh, when I signed it and then I got 8,500 when I finished it. And that part of that went to to my agent, Brady. Um, And I got, there was a jump because Lady from the Black Lagoon did really well. And 
Um, so I was able to negotiate for more of an advance and I got $50,000 for girly drinks. And yes, okay, so all these numbers sound like a lot, but here's the sort of breakdown. So I started working on Lady from the Black Lagoon in December in 2015. It came our, uh, the book came out March, 2019. So that is about six grand a year before I have to give money to my agent. Uh, I spent about $5,000 in that, in uh, five to 10, uh, yeah, it was like $5,000 the first year on research costs between traveling, books I had to buy, all the all these things, because I'm a nonfiction writer. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm speaking from a nonfiction perspective because that's what I do. Uh, and there's a lot of research costs involved with that between, you know, every traveling, um, transcription, I had to pay a transcription. Like there's all the sorts of things that I had to do. Um, and I, I haven't finished girly drinks yet and I've already been working on it for a year. So advance wise, I'm making about 16 grand a year off of it. Um, which is not a ton. I mean, but I can live off of it. I'm able to do it full time. Um, and because of return reserve stuff, it took me over a year to see royalties from lady from the black lagoon, even though I hit the bestseller list, for two weeks when it came out, you know, the lady from the black lagoon went into a second printing before it even came out, mm -hmm. which was awesome. But because of like, you know, just publishing is slow and there was a, a return reserve stuff. It took me, it took me a year. And that was why I, sometimes I was getting really frustrated with people who were like, wow, your book hit the bestseller list. You must like be doing really well. And I'd be like, no, I haven't seen any money. Yet. <laughs> um, it, but you just like, you just have to, that's the way that publishing works. Yeah. I kept thinking I had nothing to add here, by the way. Um, and I realized that I do have a graphic novel coming out in October, no, like October slash November, which is wild. I forgot. It's called Mary. I don't know if y'all can <laughs> pre-order it yet. I've been working I am on it very for excited so about long it. that I actually forgot that it's coming out. It's like, it seems so, so crazy that it's coming out. Um, so I did not get an advance for this book uh, because it's a graphic novel. Um, I did get money up front for development that I do not have to pay back. Um, but the money, uh, you know, you were, I've been working on this comic for about two years um, and they paid me $10,000 up front. So um, how much is that? <laughs> it's like $5,000 a year or something like that. Yeah. Um, I will say like uh, definitely the heft of the work has been on my um, artist for the past um, couple of years. But yeah, so I don't have, so it's comic, graphic novels work a little differently. And um, I have, I get, I strictly am working for, um, for sales points for how much we sell. Actually, I, I think in October we should do a whole episode about this before Mary comes out, mm -hmm. like how, um, cause my, my boyfriend is also a comic writer and he, the, the process is so different that I think it would be really interesting for people to hear about just like working with the artists and how everything is split up and yeah. like, let's just do a whole episode on it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. That brings us to where you're buying these books. The venue you buy the book from doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if you buy my book from Barnes & Noble or from an indie bookstore. I get the same amount of money from it. Same with eBooks and audiobooks. As long as you're buying, a, buying it, like a new copy of it from a legitimate place, you are supporting the author. And if you like buy a, a, a arc of the lady from the Black Lagoon from a guy on the corner, I'm not getting money from that. Yeah. And that's, um, that's why I see a lot of authors who... Uh, we, we talked about this a little bit before with the advanced review copy thing. Um, like buying an advanced review copy of a book on eBay does not help an author. <laughs> and that's fine. Like if you collect that, that's 
if you collect arcs and, and you collect books or like there's like certain things you want to do because you know you have a collection of it that's great but just know that like it's not supporting an author in any way yeah um, but this is why we always encourage people like if you have bought a book used or something and you loved it uh you know word of mouth is really important good reviews talking about this book so other people will go buy it and maybe they'll buy it new and the author will get some of that cash yeah, and even like getting it from the library is great because the library has to buy that. And also the thing that's great about the library is they support authors and they promote things and uh, they have to buy ebook licenses depending on their like the way that the library uh, works with the publisher um, and they have to replace copies and they have to um, uh, the, the libraries buy a lot of books. You know, I did, I have a really great, at my publisher, I have a great library liaison, uh, Lynette Kim. She's awesome. And she helps work with libraries to see if they want to carry my book. It's it's awesome. Um, but this is this is why it's super important to support authors and pre-ordering. Every, literally every time you buy a book or get it from the library, you are contributing to an author, earning out that advance and getting paid. A lot of this is based off of my personal experience. It's That's not everybody's experience. They're, every publisher is different. Every... Um, book is different every contract is different there's so much like you can get really in the weeds with this stuff but this is a very basic general breakdown of of how people get paid how much they get paid you know there's a lot of authors that we know that do very well but still like our friend of the, our, our friend Paul Tremblay he still works full time as a math teacher yeah this is the thing i'm always surprised about is these authors who i think are huge will be like um uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll be teachers. A lot of them are professors. Um, yeah, I have another friend who's a YA author and I love her books and she's a, she's a teacher, you know? And like, that means that yeah. she, she's not working full time on these books and it's probably, probably like, and I think it's a lot of financial stuff and having the stability of having yes. a, a day job. Doing, even if you're doing pretty well, like I consider my, my, like Lady from the Black Lagoon did very well, but it's still like, you know, me and Jeremy still live in an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't own a home, you know, we're do we're, we, we're, I am able to do okay. I'm in mean, a big part of that is reading glasses. Like if I, if it wasn't for reading glasses, I would have to find another, I would have to like find another job that I like working at a production company like I did before. Um, and I'm very, very lucky to be able to do that. But mo like, it's only, it's very rare that an author is making so much money that they are able to, you know, live like, like be rich off of it. Most like, you know, the, the Stephen Kings of the world are, we, we think about them a lot because they're so prevalent and they're so famous, but they're actually very rare. Most authors are what you would call a mid-list author where they're like, they're not hitting the New York Times bestseller list, but they're like able to keep selling books and they're able to be, to, to, um, to continuously like work and to, make a decent amount of money if it's not full time. You know, a lot of authors live out, live out, live away from the city and live out in the middle of nowhere so they can afford a house. You know, it's just, it's what you do when you, when you want to do this for a living. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough times, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially like, it's just interesting. And it's, and when you, when authors are constantly like promoting their books, it makes me realize like, right. Because the, like, they really have to. They have to yeah, constantly it is, it is be your a promotion job. machine because that because there is no one. A lot of them are getting like a, a lot of promotion help. I mean, this is just what you have to do. I know this as a filmmaker as well, but also it's just I you just I, you don't make that much money unless people buy your books. <laughs> so you can send your thoughts to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. 
This week, Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by the Rotman School of Management. The job market is understandably sort of a mess right now. Really and whether you <laughs> Everything else is a mess in the world. Whether you're looking for a new opportunity or you want to make yourself a stronger candidate for promotion, business skills will help you take the next step. The University of Toronto Rotman School of Management is one of the best schools in Canada. And you know what it means that if you live in the United States and they're in Canada, the price is actually in Canadian dollars. It's actually lower for you. So if you are like, I don't know about that price point, guess what? It's a little cheaper for you if you live in the United States. So if you don't have the time or the money, Rotman's MBA Essentials Online is the next best thing. And they are also ranked number 17 in open enrollment executive education by the Financial Times. It's one of the best schools in Canada. Rotman School of management. So you can visit uofte.me slash maxfun. That's uofte.me slash maxfun to learn more and apply. Classes start on August 10th, 2020, which is not that far away. You can start your application today to save your seat. That's uofte.me slash maxfun. Rotman, here's where it changes. Classes. Reading Glasses is supported in part by Every Plate. America's best value meal kit. So recipes come together in about 30 minutes, which is definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store, especially now when you have to like put your mask on, get in your hazmat suit, yeah. go to the store. It's actually, um, it's faster than any delivery service as well, just so you know. Yes. Uh, every plate does the meal planning, shopping, and prepping for you, taking the time-consuming guesswork out of cooking for up to 58% less than other major meal kits out there. They also are constantly expanding um, their shipments to new zones, so check out to make sure your zip code is included where where they ship at, when you check out. I don't know about y'all, but I have been so tired of cooking during the pandemic. I At first, I was like, yes, I will make a, a soup from scratch. Yes, I will make a lovely banana bread. But I am now exhausted. And when I look in my kitchen, I'm like, I hate all of these ingredients. I'm exhausted. All I want is someone to plan it for me. And guess what? Every plate is doing that for you. They give you delicious meals. They plan, do all the planning. So you don't have to figure it out anymore. You can just let them do all of the recipe planning. And guess what? It tastes amazing. And maybe you're like me. I hate food. <laughs> I hate cooking. <laughs> if, <laughs> if I had my way, I would just plug myself into the wall. And that's why this stuff is great because it comes, you don't have to figure, food to me is like magical alchemy that I can never figure out. But when you get an every plate box, all the ingredients are there. The recipe is there. It's super, super simple, super easy. If I can do it, anybody can do it. So you can get three weeks of EveryPlate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code GLASSES3. That's everyplate.com, GLASSES3, for three weeks of $2.99 meals. That is so Every cheap. So that's everyplate.com, enter code GLASSES3. GLASSES. GLASSES3. Three. Three. GLASSES3. Three. Now it's time to look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week, we're testing out more book tech sent to us by listeners. And because of, you know, the pandemic, me and Bria t each tested out a different thing because we are, me and Bria have, I, when I dropped this stuff off to her, it was the first time we had actually like seen each other from, you know, six feet away yeah. uh, in like two months. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So Bria, what did you, what did you test out? I tested out 
this amazing, here's, okay, it came in a box and it doesn't have the name of it on the box. So I apologize, but it is this fan-fucking-tastic tub tray. Whoever sent this tub tray, thank you. Um, It is like real wood. It expands and collapses um, to fit your tub. It could fit any tub. Maybe not if you have like a... The, the like you remember the bad guy in Pee Wee Herman and Pee Wee's Big Adventure? <laughs> he had that tub that was basically a pool. Remember that? <laughs> yes. So it wouldn't fit that. But I actually have quite a large tub. No, I don't have like a hot tub. Don't get wild. But I have um like you a, do. I, you know what? I didn't even think about that. You have a pretty big tub. It is. It's really well. It's like because I live in this hundred year old house and the tub is like. <laughs> I don't know, for 100, but that seems like it'd be smaller because people were like real little then because they were malnourished. Um, I don't know, but, I guess, <laughs> but I maybe tub, you could fit multi, maybe it's a tub where you could fit the whole family in. It really is. It is maybe that's what it was for. Everyone bathes at the same time. Um, but no, it is, it is, my tub is deep and large and you can expand this to fit, um, but you could also shrink it if you had a little tiny tub. <laughs> if, you, if you take a bath in a baby tub, um, <laughs> you're like, like, uh, like literally like a tin tub that they would like, that you can wash a dog in. If birthday, yeah. the dog it would wanted to take that. a bath. It would fit in that. It would be fine. It fit, it fits on top. And the idea is you put this tray on tray there and, um, you put your book on it and y'all know how I read in the tub. I read hanging over the side cause I'm always scared. I'm going to drop, <laughs> drop my e-reader into the tub and everyone is giving me suggestions. They want me to put my book in a plastic bag and I'm not going to put it. I did it. It worked, but it's so weird. So this was actually fantastic because I know it's going to be safe. And it even has this little wood piece that fits in these little notches that holds your book in place. So it's wow. like, a, it's basically an upright book weight because it has this little thing that folds up which is like the material of like... It's like a book stand, right? Yeah, and the thing that folds up can get wet. It's like uh, it's like the material of like a lawn chair. What, what, are that, what is that called? Like plasticky kind of. Like, yeah. I know. But like yeah. nice, like mesh. And um, you put, put your book on it and then it has this little wood piece that like holds it in place. And it's just an amazing invention. Um, it's hefty. You cannot leave it in your tub and shower. It takes up too much space. I don't know, unless you have a giant tub maybe. But I have a giant tub and I can't leave it in there. So you have to like take it in and out. But it's not like so big that it's not like, you know, it's just a tray. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually think I'm going to leave it when I'm not using it in my book nook because I can use it just as an actual tray. Like it's a tray. Oh, it's, wow. It's a long tray. Like it's, um, you know, I would say it's three feet uh, even when collapsed. Um, but it is really cool. It's amazing. I don't know why I haven't bought one of these before this. This is so frustrating yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that for, as an avid tub reader, I'm surprised you didn't have one of these. I know. I, it feels like, oh, well, but then, I, you know, I'm, I'm about to put it in and out. No, this is great. You should get one of these. This is amazing. Thank you, Reading Glasses. This is a five out of five. I will find it and post the link um, in our show notes because this is a really great tub tray. I'm sure there are like probably cheaper versions, but the thing about this one, it's like because it's real wood, it is really nice. Like it looks nice. So you could leave it. Yeah. Like if you had a big ass tub or one you just only used for baths or something, I don't know. You could leave it and it would look so pretty. Like it's Wait, pretty. hold on. What else would you use a tub for? I mean, like if you only if you only used it for baths and you didn't shower in it, 
Oh, you know I mean? okay. Oh, like, so a tub that's just a tub, it doesn't have a shower yeah, attachment. Yeah, Europeans love that. Europeans love a tub without a shower. I was shower. like, what else would you be using the tub for? God, I was in <laughs> France a couple of years ago, and I was staying at these people's house, and I went to the bathroom, and I was like, what do I do here? Because it was just a tub, and then, like, a shower head that you could pick yep. up, and it was like, oh, I'm just supposed to bathe like an like a person in an old timey cartoon, where I'm just like, <laughs> just like, like use the shower head to like, like spray me down and like get in the tub. But I couldn't figure out if I was supposed to let the tub fill up. Like I could never figure out what I was supposed to be doing in that tub. That is hysterical. Uh, Do they have a bidet too? Yeah, yeah. Which I love a bidet. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, why we don't have those in America oh. is just like I, we just I I don't know why we don't have them in America. It's stupid. We should have them. It is stupid. Um, all right. So five out of five for me. Mallory, you also reviewed something you loved. Uh, so this was sent to us by Keith. Uh, thank you so much, Keith. Uh, th- I am in, this is a book light. We are, I don't know if this is going to be used for saving horses or uh, any sort <laughs> of other veterinary things. Uh, but so this is a book light. Um, thank you. Thank you, Keith. This, I, I fucking love this thing. Uh, it is a book light that it looks like a tube that gets draped around your neck and it's about a foot and a half long and each end has a light on it that you can use independently. Like because the, um, the material, like the, the tube is adjustable. So, um, you can have each light shine in any direction that you want. And there are three brightness settings. I really think this is one of the best book lights we've ever tested out. Um, the magic of it is that because it's go, it's draped around your neck and shining towards the book, as opposed to like a book light that clamps on a book and shines down from on top of the book, it keeps it from shining directly either in your face or in the face of someone sleeping next to you. It's a Jeremy tested book light. Yeah. Uh, and so, and because it's it's around your neck and not on the book or on your head, moving around won't cause the light to move as much. So I think this is the most comfortable book light I've ever used because mm. you can just like drape it around your neck and you can move the book around. You can roll on your side it's or a bit like of a roll book on your boa. stomach. It's kind of a book boa, a book neckerchief. Yes. Oh my God, it is a book boa. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But be, and so that was a great thing because I tested it out and like while Jeremy was sleeping next to me in bed. And again, because the light shines where like away from you towards the book it wasn't in his face it was like it's definitely the best book light we've ever never ever tested out for wow. like, when That's you're sleeping next to somebody thrown a lot of gauntlets being thrown this episode best yes. book light so, ever so definitely five out of five pages for me i will say i do like the other one the usb book light that we tested out best for traveling this is probably not the best to travel with because it is kind of big and cumbersome but no one's traveling right now so it doesn't matter is it <laughs> so, dorky looking when you put it on oh yes absolutely because <laughs> it looks like you're wearing like you have this like little book light draped around you but you're also like I you're in I'm in bed I have no makeup on my hair is in a big weird messy bun like th- there's nothing I could do to not look dorky in bed so I might as well just lean into it got it this one five out of five pages wow. love this book like matches your uh, highly retainer. recommended matches your retainer yes <laughs> I will say again I don't know how well it would be doing horse surgery but uh now not, now a, every not book everything like, not everything can do horse surgery every book like we have i'm like will this be will this be helpful to dr sarah dr sarah <laughs> i don't think this book light will be helpful for you but for readers i think so you can always send us ideas for book tech to test out at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com thank you so much keith for sending us this awesome book light that i am obsessed with as always we want to thank danielle and kathy and jessica who run our facebook group and chrissy and rachel who moderate our goodreads page and if you want to get in on our slack channel remember 
you got to be a Maximum Fund member to do it. Gotta so do it. this is the last last week of the drive. Go to MaximumFun.org to get in on all the great events that we're doing. Help us make the show. Get access to the secret Slack channel. Be a part of all the all the great things that are happening. Get reading glasses behind the scenes. Bonus content. Get all. Get gifts. Get pins. Get presents. It's like the, it is truly the best time of year to help us make the show. Best time of year to help us. Uh, best time of year to support us. It. it we're having a lot of fun doing all these events and it's really, really easy, quick to get involved. Let's just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Yeah. Tomorrow, uh, 731 Friday at 5 p.m. PST, we're going to do a live book club uh, with uh, uh, the short story Mouthful of Birds by Samantha Schweblin, also called Birds in the Mouth by Samantha Schweblin. Uh by two different translators. We will put a link to that in the show notes. Join us for the Isolation Book Club. That's just something we're doing for fun. Join us either way. Has You don't have to be a part of the fun drive. It will be on our Instagram live tomorrow at 5 p.m. It's a short story. It's amazing. It will fuck you up. Uh, and talk to us about it at 5 p.m. tomorrow um, uh, on our Instagram. So, I mean, if you like the show, you can read and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. Helps us reach more listeners. You can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening. And, and go to- Thanks for reading. MaximumFun.org slash join. Yay.